You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. How do you write a hymn? Have you written a hymn before? Uh, no. I don't think I have. My so husband has. One of the few things of. you haven't done. <laughs> I've not written a hymn either. I've written poetry, and I've dabbled in music. Not great at it. But I haven't done an actual hymn yet. Well, let's talk with the experts. Uh, <laughs> I the like that. <laughs> who, who write great hymns, um, and a lot of hymns, too, I hear. I, like Lisa's <laughs> writing the hymns all the time. Lisa Clark, Senior Editor for Curriculum Resources with Concordia Publishing House. Lisa, always a joy to have you in the studio. Love being here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And Mark Nickelbein, Editor of Music and Worship at Concordia Publishing House, an active composer and church musician. Mark, thanks so much for being here this morning. Good to be here. So tell us, Lisa, about your process for writing um, new hymn texts, because that's, that's really your... Your area in terms of hymns, right? That is my area, yes. Not so much the music. Um, my writing for texts is, uh, hymn text is different from writing pretty much every other genre that I write. Every other genre I write starts at the computer, and, you know, I, I do different kinds of planning. But for hymn text, I have hymn journals, and this is actually my hymn journal right now. Um, it's hymn journal number six. <laughs> um, and uh, I handwrite my hymns first. And then after that, I'll... There's scratches and everything, you know, I can see all the marginal notes and things. And then after that, about a day or so later, I'll type it in, do maybe a little bit more editing. And then I forget it for a really long time until somebody like Mark grabs it. Um, <laughs> and then we go from there. Sometimes there's more editing. Sometimes there's almost no editing after that. Um, but that's the writing process. Um, ideas very different. It depends on the process. Music, uh, I usually have a tune in mind, but I rarely assume that that's going to be the tune. Mm -hmm. uh, I've learned through Mark, really, that uh, I tend to do better when I have some sort of musical structure in my head because certain parts of the stanzas then will be parallel. Mm -hmm. And so that really helps. Um, but at the same time, I don't um, assume that there are, it's going to be the tune because we've got people like Mark. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. People that are really good at music. Mm -hmm. So you said that's number six. Yes. How long did it take you to get to number six? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, when I started writing hymns, I didn't really realize this was a thing. Yeah. I was just kind of doing it for fun, <laughs> and there are a few that are lost to you know just scribblings pl in places that got recycled or, or whatever. Um, but I started. My first hymn text, more or less, I wrote in 2010, mm -hmm. but I was pretty slow the first couple of years. Uh, by 2015, my pace picked up pretty fast, so now I'm writing pretty quickly. Um, so, Is I, it at the point where you just think in verse? <laughs> you think in hymn? I am, but pentameter. So, sometimes. <laughs> something will catch me, and I'm like, oh, that's a phrase, and I'll write it down and then go from there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, that's great. So you mentioned uh, the collaboration with uh, the music, having music in mind. Um, Mark, how how do you uh, come up with a tune or match a tune or or uh, create I don't know a new a new phrase? How does that interaction work with the text? Does the music come first? Does the text come first? Yeah, so um, almost always the text comes first. Um, I've been kind of spoiled to have Lisa share with me <laughs> so many texts. Um, you know, like she says, she starts in the journal, but pretty quickly puts it on the computer, where um, she's given me access to look through and be inspired by um, great words. Um, and so I'll, I'll look through that and see something that kind of catches my eye, um, maybe print it out and keep it with me a while, mm -hmm. um, re read through the words again and again. Um, 
And sometimes it's at the piano that I'll work something out. Um, but more often than not, I think um, it's, it's sitting down in a quiet space and just thinking through different ideas and then jotting down notes in a kind of in a shorthand that I made up for myself to, <laughs> to, to work out a melody and, you know, scribble it out, do, mm-hmm. do, do, do something different until finally I've worked something out that I really like. Yeah, there's a lot of like it's the the creative process. There's a lot of just like sitting with mm-hmm. something. It's the same way with um, artwork. I, I I would guess yeah. you just have to like sit with it for a while and let it kind of soak in yeah. to your being. Mm-hmm. And it's I don't know. I think that's one of the things, actually, that people who are new to the creative process, they get frustrated with the Mm -hmm. sitting. Yeah. And they call it things like writer's block. Um, (laughs) Really, the sitting is often the time where your brain's working on something and you don't even necessarily realize it. Mm -hmm. It's usually pretty productive, actually. Yeah. What do you do, Mark, to to get that process going, like... if you feel like you're stuck, what do you, do you do? You change something in this in your environment, or um, or do you just find yourself banging your head on the, the keyboard? <laughs> uh, usually, I'll just give it time. You yeah. know, it uh, it tends to be a slow process for me. Maybe maybe something comes all at once, but more often than not, it's coming back another day and saying, "All right, and um, maybe this first idea wasn't so great. Let's let's try something else." And then at the end of the week, let's compare a couple different ideas and. And go with the best. How about um, dealing with like oh failure or like something <laughs> that you just at first you thought, oh man, this is really going to be great, and then you get further into it, and you're like, this is going nowhere. Uh, <laughs> Lisa, yeah, um, that's an interesting question because when you think about texts and failures and stuff, I you know, I don't always know yet if something Mm -hmm. has failed because I don't put tons of expectations on anything. I write to write and I write it down and I put it somewhere and there are certain texts that sit forever and then suddenly a composer like Mark will see it and say, hey, I really like this. I thought, oh, great, because I did back five years ago and and here it is. (laughs) Um, Other pieces that I thought were not going to go anywhere have. Um, there were a few pieces, um, it's kind of a, a joke, uh, Peter Resky, who's an editor at, at CPH, the, the head of the music department at CPH, there was one of my first texts, he wrote all over, and I thought, well, he must hate this, and it turns out, no, no, I, I really like it, and, and, and that kind of uh, process is kind of fun, too, that certain pieces don't get touched much at all, some get edited like crazy, but that's not necessarily a failure, um, so it's just kind of fun to write and not worry about it and then let it go there are a few times where i'll get a false start on a hymn and i'll know pretty fast i'll write like a couplet or two and then i'm like uh this isn't going anywhere and so then i'll maybe switch a tune or a meter and then something else will take off from there yeah mark what about you yeah um for me i I think things have to kind of pass different tests as they go along. For, first, it's, it's myself. I've got to be satisfied with it before I'll even show anybody. Um, and probably the second round, then it's, I'll, I'll show Lisa and it's if it's her text. Great. and <laughs> she'll, she'll tell me if um, she really loves it or, or I won't hear as much or, if, you know. Um, and then maybe I'll, I'll take to the next level, show, show some other people. And, you know, if there's interest there, then all right, let's let's do something more with it. Yeah. Are, are there certain, I don't know, um, phrases or, or a way that, that a text uh, can speak to you? And, and I, I don't know if my question is very clear, but like. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly. It's Yeah, it's great. Uh, but coming up with with uh, a 
a tune or, or a line of music for a certain um, idea of text, like a text for Easter or Good Friday? Are there certain um, ideas of, of a, a, a tune or a melody that kind of go back to or a certain, uh, I don't know, keys or, or intervals or, or whatever that, that you kind of go back to and, and, and pull from those? Um, maybe not anything in particular, but but with each text, I'm always trying to trying to illuminate it in some way. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, um, as as I read the text, how can the music reflect precisely what's being said here and support it? And that's one of my favorite favorite parts of the process <laughs> because I'll have an idea in mind uh, what the song, what this text might sound like, um, and sometimes. You know, Mark will send something my way, and I'll like, oh, this is exactly what I had in mind. And other times I'm like, this has absolutely nothing, <laughs> you know, no similarity to what I have in mind, but I love it. Mm-hmm. And music just breathes life into the text in ways that you can't do with just with text. And it's super exciting to see what Mark does with my words. Yeah, it's it's uh, it always amazes me how much you can read a line of text and it'll 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 feel a certain way, and then you'll sing it with a tune or a different tune, and it's just a com- it's a completely different thing depending exactly. on on what kind of line of music you sing it to. I don't know. I think that's really cool. Um, what about um, uh, a collaboration that that just um, you hit it off right away, and it it was just this like instant. This is a great text, and and you wrote a tune, and and it and it just it worked. Have it, had that has that happened? Yeah, you pick, Mark. What do you think? <laughs> which one? <laughs> sure. Well, well, this week I've been thinking about the blood of Jesus quite a bit, um, which is a text that goes back further than me, and yeah. uh, maybe you can tell a little bit sure. about that. Sure. It was actually my first official text, I guess you could say. Um, oh. I uh, was waiting in the parking lot where my husband, who's a pastor, is like, oh, I forgot something. I'm going to go back to the church. I'm sitting there on Sunday and, and thinking, and I think it was about... Passion Week-ish time where I was thinking about a childhood memory or a high school memory where there was the phrase to make a long story short um, his blood be on us and our children and I was really kind of contemplating that and I was thinking man someone should really write a hymn about that (laughs) and then I thought I wonder if I can I've done some poetry in the past and um, wrote it and very long story short, uh, years later, Mark saw it, and uh, I was super yeah, excited was, when he picked it up. I was just captured by the text where yeah. the blood of Jesus, um, that phrase comes back at the end of, of each of the four stanzas, uh, but each time meaning a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, At the beginning, it, it goes back to his blood be on us and our children, um, but the second verse, it's more applied to us personally in our sins, um, very, very law <laughs> at the beginning. Then switching beautifully to, to very gospel is in the third stanza, it's talking about Holy Communion. And um, in the fourth stanza, then our future is with his blood covering us. Mm-hmm. Mm. We're singing that in choir. Yay. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that sparked any ideas. Huh? Maybe. Maybe this conversation. <laughs> we're, we're just about out of time with just about 20 seconds left. Encouragement to um, budding hymn writers. Uh, it, Lisa? Sure, do it. And don't put too much stress on yourself. Don't try to be perfect. Um, enjoy it. Lisa Clark, Senior Editor for Curriculum Resources with Concordia Publishing House and hymn writer. Thank you so much, Lisa. <laughs> My pleasure. Mark Nickelbein, Editor of Music and Worship at Concordia Publishing House, active composer and church musician. Mark, thanks so much for being here this morning and sharing your story. Good to be here. That does it for the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. <laughs>
The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.